Good. <laughs> it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You know, when uh, Randy called me and asked me to preach this Sunday, I asked him, I said, are you already to the bottom of your list again? And he said, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Um, but it's good, it's good to be here. I'm, I'm always honored with the privilege of, of being able to share um, what God's speaking to me through the Word. Um, and I'm excited this morning. Uh, we're going to be in the book of James. It's one of my favorite books. Um, I have a really interesting relationship with the book of James. I found myself reading it a lot as a, as a kid. And, and the reason why is, is because my mom would um, punish me by uh, making me read books of wisdom out of the Bible. Um, when I would act up and be dumb, uh, she had a rainbow study Bible. Um, and what that is, is a, it's, it's a study Bible that, that kind of groups different passages of Scripture together by color. And so um, I remember like sin, I think, was black, and, um, which makes sense. And, uh, and, and I remember some other things, like when, when Jesus would talk, obviously it's like red and, and orange was like, I don't know love or something. It, it, all, everything had a color, and, and I remember wisdom specifically um, uh, was, was like this purplish, and, um, and I remember uh, when I would get in trouble, I, I spent a lot of time reading those purple verses, um, and, uh, and I can tell you, I, I mean, all of the book of Proverbs, it's like, it was like a weekly thing, it was, it was I'd have to go like transcribe and and stuff. I remember Proverbs 4 for a while, I had the whole thing memorized, not for any like good reason of my own, but just because I was getting in trouble, <laughs> and my mom was like, you need to memorize this, and, and I would get stuff taken away until I memorized it, so, um, which Proverbs 4 is pretty much like, I mean, in summation, like, son, get wise. <laughs> so it made a lot of sense, you know, why I was there, um, but uh, James was, was very special uh, for that reason. I remember doing something Apparently, really bad. I don't remember what it was, but I remember we were going on vacation, and I remember I had to transcribe the entire book of James by hand, um, and many of you probably haven't seen my handwriting, but it's awful, and, and it takes me forever to like make it somewhat legible, and so um, I spent a good deal of time that vacation writing, writing it out of the book of James, but as I was doing it... Um, you know, it began to really jump out at me, and I guess uh, I guess my mom had a reason for making me do it. Um, but it really began to speak to me, and it quickly became one of my favorite books of the Bible, um, just because of of James' writing style and, and the subject matter of which he writes. Um, it's just very convicting. The book of James is very convicting, and so um, it's always been one of my favorite books. And so today we're going to be reading from James chapter two, verses fourteen through twenty six. And if you were in students or in the kid ministry, um, this will look really familiar because it's the same passage. I, uh, I actually just wrote my notes now. I was, as Rhett was teaching, you know, I just was kind of getting it down, you know. It's like asking your classmate to copy his homework. Uh, save me some time. No, but I'm, I'm really excited to be in this passage. It's one of my favorite passages from the book of James. Um, the whole thing is great, but I, I just love this passage that, that's kind of speaking to, to believers as, as convicting us. To, to move to action. So let's read uh, verses 14 through 26 together. Starting in 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things they need for the body, 
What good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by her works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, it's just such a convicting section of scripture that we have here. And it's, and it's a tough one. It's a challenging one for me to read. Every time I find myself reading, to the, reading this passage, it's like, it's very personal. It's almost like, you know, like it's speaking to something specific in my life that I'm just realizing, oh man, I'm, I'm a lazy, I'm a lazy Christian sometimes. And, and so this, this passage is just, is awesome. One of the reasons I love James in general is just his bluntness. Um, I need, I need that kind of bluntness in my life. Um, we all do. Um, that's why I married Madison. Why, why, uh, why she's a good match for me is the bluntness. She will tell you like it is. Um, I remember when we first started dating, we were at a uh, at a, a Baptist collegiate ministry campout, um, and uh, and it was it was real early, um, and and so uh, in our relationship that is, and uh, and I remember walking her back to her her cabin, and uh, this was like. 2016, when, like, the weird clown sightings were happening. Um, don't worry, it's going to make sense. Um, it really doesn't. I was, I was trying to be smooth, okay? And, and so I said, you know, I heard there's clowns out here. Um, you should probably let me hold your hand. And uh, <laughs> I know, in retrospect, it wasn't that great of a line. But, you know, in the moment, I was just like, you know. <laughs> we're married, so, I mean, <laughs> it did some good. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that was my line, and, and so I told her that, and she looked me dead in the eye, and she said, Cameron, if you want to hold my hand, you can just hold my hand. You don't have to make some dumb thing up about it. <laughs> and that's when I knew I'd, I'd found someone special there. She, she, she tells me like it is, and, uh, <laughs> whoa. and yeah, so, uh, but James is a blunt author. Um, he has that kind of same vein of bluntness when he writes, very in-your-face, um, and, and that's what I love about the book. So let's go back and start over at verse 14 and just kind of break down this section of Scripture and see why James is saying what he's saying. So verse 14 says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? It's a tricky verse, especially, uh, especially when you just take this section separated from the rest of the New Testament, um, because it can be confusing, right? Um, we, we, we see in all of Paul's epistles and, and, and letters uh, that we aren't saved by works, right? But we are saved by what? Grace, right? Grace through faith. And so um, it can feel confusing reading this and seeing um, this talk about works. Um, I think that... Uh, 
one, one thing that's important to know is that this book is written to a, a group of believers. Um, and what he's talking about here is not um, salvation that works bring salvation, but rather um, works are a byproduct of our salvation. So when he's writing this, um, what he's saying is, is, is our faith without works, without action, our faith is incomplete. What does that mean? It's, it's twofold, right? It's, it's, it's a result. Our, our actions, our works are a result of our faith, right? It's a byproduct of our faith. It should be a natural kind of byproduct. After we are saved and our hearts have been changed by the saving grace of God, there should be a change, right? There should be an active change in, in how we act and the things we say. And I just love, um, love that James is pointing that out. Um, we can get real comfortable where we are um, and, and rest in our, in our salvation without living it out. Um, and James is just pointing that out here. Um, I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, everything Paul says about, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. Um, and the, just the uniqueness about Christianity, right? Um, every other religion, you're trying to earn something. You're trying to do something, right? To earn salvation or to earn something. Um, with Christianity, it's not like that, right? Um, we're saved by the, the saving grace of, of Jesus Christ, that his death and resurrection brings us new life, right? That when we believe in him, that we have eternal life. But what James is, do, is doing here is he's just encouraging us to go beyond go beyond those first steps of, of just being saved and, and to, to go out and, and make a difference, to act in, in love. Um, it's, it's real important that we, we begin to act out our faith. Uh, otherwise, it's just kind of just kind of just words. Um, we, uh, we have a, a helper, thankfully. Um, Jesus tells us in John 4.16 that he, he was going to send a helper, right, um, that will be with us forever. That is the, the Holy Spirit. Um, and his purpose is to keep us on track, right? He has, he has many purposes uh, to comfort us, um, to bring us peace, and, and, and also to keep us um, convicted, to, to convict us of sin in our own life, um, and to convict us to act, right? To, to be active members of the church, to be active members of the kingdom of God. And, and if we aren't living an active faith, if we aren't actively listening to the Holy Spirit's voice, we are living a faith that's incomplete. It's not fully matured yet. It's not producing what God desires it to produce. To truly experience a healthy relationship with God and, and to have that active faith, we have, to, we have to make a choice to listen to the Holy Spirit, to put our faith to action. And this is good and pleasing to God. Not that we earn anything by it, right? That we're, we're not trying to work for something but it's, it's just a natural action from a changed heart. As the, the Holy Spirit begins to convict us, um, it's, it, it, it's our heart changing. We talked about, and this is literally copied from rent. <laughs> this is kind of an audible thing that I was just like, man, that's really good. I'm going to take that. Um, but when we were in youth, we were talking about Peter, um, the disciple Peter, right? And, and you think about uh, Peter at the, the crucifixion, right? Um, what, ha- what happened? He, he denied Christ. Three times, right? And then it's so awesome to see his faith mature to where we're in the book of Acts. And, and on the day of Pentecost, he's going out and, and preaching to the very same people who, who were basically, you know, threatening to kill him or that he felt threatened to, that he might be killed. And, and so we see that faith mature, right? That Peter's faith 
deepened, that his faith was put to action. It wasn't just his, his mouth, right? Because before the, the crucifixion, when they were, um, you know, talking, Jesus and, and Peter and the disciples, and Jesus was foretelling his death, Peter was like, I'm with you, man, like to the death. Like, we're going to fight this out, and, and I'm going to be with you all the way. And he had the words, right? And I think he had good intentions, but he didn't have the faith to back it up with action. And we see that development in the book of Acts. And it's just such an awesome story. I love Peter just because um, it's such a picture of, of us as believers, right? That um, we, we fail uh, God so often, but his, his grace um, brings our faith to completion, right? That as we grow in our faith, we, we're given more opportunities to, to serve and, and to, to kind of to redeem ourselves and, and to prove ourselves uh, um, in, in our faith, and, and it's just such an awesome story. And so, uh, we we aren't saved by our works, but our works come by being saved. It's just like swapping the two. Um, so, I want to keep reading in, in, in verses fifteen and through seventeen, um, which say, "If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of them one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body.'" What good is that? So also, faith by itself does not have works. If it does not have works, is dead. I love, I love this in particular um, because what it's talking about there is, 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 is something practical, right? Something tangible um, that, that our faith without works um, is impractical, right? Uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, you can pray the most eloquent, beautiful prayer um, that's just amazing, right? And they, they put it on greeting cards even and stuff, but that's not going to put food in someone's stomach, right? You can teach the most profound message and, and teach and, and you just have the gift and, and if, if you don't back up uh, what you're preaching with action, then what good is it, right? It's, it's, it's kind of worthless um, to people who, who don't understand it, right? That, that just have a need that needs to be met. Um, I just think about uh, our help group, uh, that, that we have on Saturdays and, and stuff, how we distribute food. And I think this is something that our church does really well as we minister in practical ways. Um, and I think that's so important, especially today, um, because the days of, of tent revivals and, and stuff like that are, are kind of over. The culture that we live in is so against Christianity and so against the, the teachings of God that um, it's not an attractive thing anymore. Church is not something that's just done. Uh, it's, it's, it's just not. Um, it's seen in a kind of negative light now. And so um, what's a way that we can, we can reach the world? Well, everybody need, has needs, right? Everybody has the need um, to be fed. Everyone has the need to be clothed. And, and that's something that, that we do very well, I think, through our help group ministry, um, just providing a practical need. And that opens the door uh, so often um, to, to, to sharing the gospel and, and those next steps can take place because of that practical need being met. Um, and that's what he's talking about there, right? That, that practical need. Think about Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? Uh, he just taught his lesson. He'd already kind of wrapped up his lesson and he was, he was ready to go, go back and, and kind of relax with the disciples. But he, he saw that they were hungry, right? This huge crowd, this multitude of people, of 5,000 people, 5,000 men at least, probably more. And what did he do? He, he fed them, right? Did he have to do that? He'd already shared his message. 
They had already been spiritually fed, but he physically fed them. And I think that's important to note um, that, that Jesus' character uh, is, is, one, compassionate um, and loving towards those who are needy, but uh, he backed up what he preached with action, right? Jesus himself um, did that, right? And so how much more are we supposed to follow that example and mirror Christ's behavior and meet people's needs practically? I think about Peter and John encountering the, the lame man at the temple um, when they went to pray um, and in that whole encounter where he was begging, right? He was asking for money and they, they ended up uh, healing him, right? They said, we got something better for you. And, and he healed them. Uh, they healed him. They prayed with him and healed them. They didn't just say, um, you know, Jesus loves you. Uh, good luck. They, they healed him, right? And while that's like a spiritual thing, that was a spiritual thing, that God, God healed them, um, they, they took care of him, right? The, the need that was met there was, was a physical need. We can't ignore the needs of, of those around us. If we do, we are not living out a complete faith. We are not living out a practical faith. We're just missing out. And people are missing out on hearing the word of God because we are not loving others enough to take the time to meet their needs. I, uh, I, I struggle with this. I'm, <laughs> I said it before, and you may have thought I was joking. I, I, I can be a lazy Christian. I can be real, real lazy. Um, I think all of us kind of can. Some have the gift of service, and um, it's easier, I think, for some than others. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I, uh, I can be... This, this is a hard one for me, is, is finding practical ways to serve. Um, it's easy to say that, you know, that you're praying for someone, but it's, it's another thing. It's another level to actually take the time to figure out what those, that person's needs are and to go and meet those needs. It's, it's, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of, a lot of work. Um, I'm reminded, before my family moved up north, um, my mom used to be a part of this prayer ministry uh, with Bellevue that would go out to Beale Street. Um, I think it was every first Friday night. Um, and they would go pray with, with drunks and, and homeless people and, and, uh, and whoever was down there. And, uh, and I remember uh, they had these, we had these shirts uh, that, it was literally a big stop sign. And it just said, stop, how can I pray for you? And, uh, and, and so it was, it was funny. I was like, I don't want to wear this. Um, but I remember my mom asking me uh, one night uh, to, to come out with her. And she'd been talking about it for, for a while and asking me and, and I remember um, I just, we just got in bed, and I was laying there, and I was like, oh, I, don't, I really don't want to do this. I'm really comfortable, and I, I just want to go to sleep. And, and my mom was just like, hey, I'm, I'm at Bellevue. You're going to meet up? Are you, are you still coming? I was like, oh, man, I, I really don't want to do this. And she was like, well, that's your decision. And I was like, okay. So I sat there for probably five minutes, and it was just like, Sunday, you know, just that feeling when, like, the Holy Spirit's just, like, gnawing away at you, and you're just like, oh, stop, settle down, and, and I, I try to ignore it, and I try it, and I, I, you know, I'm talking to Madison, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I should go, I just, I really don't want to go, and I, I, but I probably should be there, and oh, I don't know, I don't know, and she's like, Cameron, it sounds like you need to go, and there's the bluntness again coming out, um, and so, and so I did, and I went, and it was an incredible opportunity, um, you know, we went down there, and, and prayed with these these people and wore the shirt and uh, and and it was an incredible opportunity um, for for a lot of different reasons. Um, uh, we we prayed with people that I, I never would have thought would want to pray, right? And it and it wasn't even 
Um, like it was forced, you know, it, it almost felt organic, which was crazy, because I'm like, why, why are these people who are obviously down here to have a good time, why are they going to want to stop and, and talk about Jesus and, and pray? Um, but that's, they need it. We, we all have the need for, for a Savior, and, and, and everybody has that need. And, and so when certain people would like come to that realization of that, oh man, like, I'm pretty messed up. I need, I probably should talk to these people. Um, it was such an incredible opportunity. Um, and, and we were able to share the gospel, and it was just a really special time to just minister with my mom, and and, and it was it was awesome. It was just really rewarding. Um, I can tell you, like, if you work in kids ministry, you'd be great at praying with drunks because it's about the same about the same communication skill, and and so um, it was a it was something. But it was it was a great opportunity, and and that's something that I would have missed out on if I would have, you know been selfish, and that's not to pat myself on the back, like, oh, look at Cameron, like, he did it, it took, like, a team effort of, of Madison, my mom, and the Holy Spirit to get me down there, right, it wasn't, it wasn't like I came up with this idea on my own, um, so, but, but the, the reason I say all that is just because, like, there's such a need, um, in our city, in our world that we live in, people need to hear, um, the gospel, people have a need to, to be ministered to, um, and, and part of that is just being practical, being where they are, meeting them where they are. You know, we can't just expect them to, to walk in the door, right, and, and to be like, oh, what's this about? Um, we got to meet them where they are. That's what Jesus did. He went and he prayed with the, the, the sinners, and, and he ministered to the lepers and, and the outcasts, right? And, and we're called to do the same thing. We're, we're, we're supposed to minister um, in practical ways and, and be sensitive to the tugging um, on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what an act of faith looks like, is, is it's practical, right? Let's continue to read in, in verses 18 through 25, which say, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. I just want to stop there for a second, because I, I love this. Um, I love this verse so much because it's just like dripping with sarcasm. Um, and you can just see James is like, I picture like if this is modern day James, I feel like, or even back then, like I feel like he broke a quill on that, you know, like he's like writing and he's just like, and he's just like driving it home. Um, in my mind, that's how I see, see him writing this. I feel like he would go through quite a few pencils if he was writing today, um, this whole passage. Uh, you can see the passion there and I, I just love that. Uh, but it says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And that in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So, that's interesting. And, and it's, it's, it is confusing when we start talking about, when we start using words like justification and stuff like that, it is confusing sometimes when and we, we get caught up in, in the thought of like, what is, what is this works? What does this mean? 
Um, is this saying that Abraham earned, you know, his salvation, or Rahab especially? Like, did she earn her family's salvation by, by doing this? Um, and it, it can be confusing. So just taking a look at that, um, you know, the, the best way I can think of it, and it's, <laughs> it's uh, nothing any, you know, particularly intellectual, but it just reminds me of, like, talk is cheap, right? Um, it's easy to say something. But it's another thing to back it up with action, right? Um, it's I, I remember all the time growing up. I'm going down memory lane, lane, memory lane today. I don't know what's going. on. I guess I miss my family. Um, but uh, I remember my dad, uh, time and time again, uh, you know, would tell me something to do, and he would, uh, you know, I, I would end up, you know, ADHD, uh, getting distracted, and 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 I'd have the best intentions, you know. He'd, he'd say, "I need you to do this, this, and this." Okay, yeah, 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 I got it. No problem, Dad. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it done. Um, and then, you know, he comes back an hour and a half later, and I'm like, "Look what I built with Legos!" And he's like, "What?" <laughs> you know? And and so that's that's what that's the thought that I get from this, right? Is that actions speak louder than words, and that's a lesson that I, I learned time and time again. I remember specifically him teaching me is 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 that you got to back up what you say by your actions. Paul writes in Romans twelve one. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You see, that's what it's about. It's about presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice, submitting ourselves to the good works that, that Christ has to laid before us, that he has planned for us to do. It's out of love for God. You see, if we if we confess with our mouth that we believe in God, but we don't back it up. Do we really love God? If we love God, we will obey Him, right? Jesus said that, that if we, if we love Him, we will, we will obey Him. And that's what it comes down to, right? That, that we have to do it out of love, not, not out, of, out of a selfish desire or anything. And that's, that's the problem with a works-based salvation, is that, it's a selfish thing, right? Anything that we would do to help someone or, or to minister to someone would be a selfish desire, right? To, to earn our own way that we somehow deserve um, something because we help someone, right? That's that selfish desire. But if we're, if we're serving others out of love, if we're, if we're acting out of a result of a changed heart, of our active faith, then that's what's pleasing to God, right? It doesn't stem from something about us, Right? It's not about what we can get from a situation or, hey, did you see this? Uh, like the Ananias and Sapphira thing, right? Um, we, we're not giving to, to, to get some recognition. We're, we're giving because we love others because we love Jesus. And Jesus loves others. And we love because he loved us, right? He first loved us. So that's why we serve. It's as simple as that. And in in. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's all there is to it, right? We, we love others and we serve others and we act out our faith because Jesus loves us. And he did that for us, right? He lived a perfect life and died when he had no reason to, right? Other than out of love to, to redeem us. He, he didn't deserve it. But still he did it out of love for us. Jesus was, uh, he, he lived a life that was radical, right? That, that, was, that was of service for others. And we're supposed to mirror that. We're supposed to follow the character of, of Christ. So that's why we should, we, would, we, we should 
reach others, why we should act out our faith. Um, because without, without works, our faith is, is ingenuine. It's, it's not genuine, right? Uh, that verse there, the sarcasm verse, that you, you say you know God, that's great. So do the demons. And that's a wild thought, right? You think about it, and, and, and people will say, oh yeah, no, I believe, I believe there's a God. And, uh, and I hear that a lot. Um, I, I, I minister a lot. Um, I say I minister. I, I hang out a lot at the skate park. And um, <laughs> I write it down as hours, you know. Like, oh, I work this long. Um, but I hang out a lot at the skate park. And, and I hear that a lot, you know, when, when a conversation will, will come around to, to talking about the gospel or what I believe, you know. I'll be like, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I believe that. Uh, Jesus is, is my Savior, and He died and saved me from my sins. And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I believe there's a God," and and kind of you know get that idea that like that it's the same thing, or or like it's it's almost the same thing. Like you know, oh I'm I'm good, like I'm covered, like I got. Um, it's like you think about like knowing God is like car insurance, right? Like you, you know, like that when when you die, you're like, oh I'm covered, I know Him, you know, I I is yeah, His name is God. My name is uh, Cameron. Uh, I'm, I'm on the list, and, and that's not how it works, right? It has to be a total surrender of our hearts to God, right? It's, it's, not, it's not about a verbal um, just acknowledgement or, or just knowing that God exists, because even the demons know that, and I'll tell you, they're not going to be in heaven. So it's more than that, right? It's, it's a complete faith, and a complete faith is one that is active, one that is practical, one that is genuine, a genuine faith is one that reflects sacrifice, that sacrifice that God calls us to make. These heroes of faith that we see mentioned here in, in, in verses 21 through 25, um, their faith was backed up by what they did, right? They, they professed faith in God, but they backed it up too. They were more than just believers in God. They were sold out to living for God. They, they lived lives of action. They sacrificed for God. Think about Abraham. He crossed. He left everything, right? He was a rich, rich man. He left everything. He left his, his family and he went across. because Why? Because God told him there's a land that was promised to him. And he, he, he not only believed, but he, he followed up, right? He acted. His faith was complete. Again, I, I think it's important to just make sure we know that we are not saved by the things that we do, right? I can't stress that enough. And, and that's, that's the, the struggle here. And I feel like either people end up deciding, um, you know, they're one, one or the other, right? Excuse me. But that, that you take James's kind of bluntness and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, you got to work, 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 work. And, um, and uh, I hope that doesn't get copyright struck. Struck his work, 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 work. Um, sorry, ADD again. Um, but we, we get caught up in, in thinking it's either work or grace, right? Um, either way. Uh, but it's not. It's both, right? It's the, the completion. To have a complete faith, it's, it's both, right? And what it looks like, it's not, you know, we, we do something and we get salvation, right? Um, it's, it's not that at all. It's, it's that we have a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ, who comes into our life and extends us grace, right? Ephesians 2.8 says it is that we are saved by what? Grace, right? Grace through faith, not by any works so no man can boast, right? That, that we are saved by faith. And so we have this experience where God extends his grace to us and we accept that. 
And then we have a heart change, right? And, and that heart change begins to transform us. And the things we say and the things, we, the things that we do and our practices, our very character begins to mold, to shape the character, shape around the character of God, of, of Christ. And then as that change begins to happen, what? Our byproduct is, is actions, right? We back up the things that we believe with our actions. It's just a natural, natural byproduct. Um, whenever I think about that... Um, I think about uh, gasoline. Um, for, for years and years and years and years, gasoline was just a byproduct of, of kerosene, which was you know, used for, for lamps and, and stuff like that. And, um, and it was useless. But you see, there's, uh, what's his name? Manufacturer, super rich, um, standard oil. Is that Rockefeller? Yeah, Rockefeller. He, um, thank you. Uh, he, uh, he found the application for gasoline, right? And it became super important, right? And it's the same thing for us that, that, that our faith is, is what the main event's about, right? It's what our focus is on. But that byproduct is useful. That byproduct is our, is our works, is our actions, is our lifestyle after we have that life-changing experience with Christ, Finally, I want to I want to look just at at verse twenty six. It's just kind of the thesis um, of this passage, if you will, and 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 it's just a powerful statement. It says, "For as a body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead." That's it. Faith without works is is dead. D e d dead. Um, it makes sense, right? It that the dead aren't active, right? Um, I've never seen a zombie 5K before. Um, I may look like a zombie in a 5K. We're doing a, a mud run coming up, and I'm not ready. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, dead things are not active. Dead things are not healthy, right? Because they're dead. Therefore, when we have inactive faith, we are not healthy. It's not a healthy faith. When we're not living out our faith, when we're not actively pursuing um, the character of Christ and our actions, and we're not actively ministering in practical ways, and, and we're just living by, by the things that we say and not by the things that we do, that's not a healthy faith. God won't honor that, that kind of faith. You know, when I, when I went to college, um, I kind of thought that I could put, put my relationship with God on hold and, and just kind of like have a, like a safe spot and, and, and come back and pick it up and, and, and just go and, and be serious about it again. That's not the case. That's, that's not how it works. You see, we're either progressing or regressing in our relationship with God. You can't, you can't just table it. And, and it's got to be an act. Of, the reason I say that is, is we got to be pushing forward. we got to be pressing on with endurance, running our race actively. we got to be active about our faith. Otherwise, we'll have a dead faith like James is talking about here. It's not, it's not like a, it's, it's, our relationship with God is, is, it's a relationship, right? You, you can't quick save a relationship. It's not like a video game, right? You can't just like save and, and then come back. I wish I could sometimes, then I'd get out of trouble some, with Madison sometimes. I could just, you know, quick save. Oh, shouldn't have said that. Come back. Um, but it's not how it works. A relationship is not like that, right? A relationship should be active with God, pursuing Him at all times, not passive. We should be actively engaged in our relationship with God and active in the things that we do to glorify God. 
I grew up listening um, to a Christian artist named Keith Green. Um, maybe some of you are familiar uh, with him. He's a, he's a little bit older. Um, his music is very like 70s-ish. Um, and, and I grew up playing piano, and he's a pianist and fantastic and super talented. And I just tried to, I spent hours trying to copy down his music. And um, he has a song um, in particular that, that just speaks out to me. Um, even to this day, I, I listened to it this morning. And, um, it's just so good. It's convicting. It's, I think James would have liked it. Um, and it's called Asleep in the Light. And its goal is to convict the church, uh, the kingdom of God, as, as believers, of, of having complacent or lazy faith. And so I just wanted to kind of read to you some of these lyrics. I um, thought about singing it, but I decided to guess it. But listen to these lyrics. They're, they're powerful. It says, Bless me, Lord. Oh, bless me, Lord. You know, it's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds a tear. But he cries. He weeps. He bleeds. And he cares for your needs. And you lay back and just keep soaking it in. Because he brings people to your door and you turn them away as you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace. And all of heaven just weeps. Because Jesus came to your door and you left him out on the streets. The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave and you can't even get out of bed. And when I, when I hear that, when I hear those words, it just motivates me. You know, it's just like, oh man, um, that's some heavy stuff. But it's so good, right? That it's so easy to get caught up in, in the comfortable parts of our relationship with God and, and, and the culture of church. Is, it's, it's, a, it's a nice place, right? It's, it's nice to, to come to church and, and have a community of people around you and, and have that love and in, in that environment of, of peace and, and safety and people got your back. And that's wonderful. That's amazing. That's, that's great. And that's how God intended the church to be. But he also intended us to be active, to go out to the sinner, to the sick, to the needy. For us to go and act out our faith to those who need to hear the gospel. You see, it's easy to get caught up and being comfortable, but God calls us to go beyond our comfort zones because you know what? Jesus went beyond his comfort zone for us. He died. He died for us out of love. He loved us so much that he died for us. Even while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the character we're supposed to model. And we got to get to work. We got work to do. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created for good works in Christ Jesus which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Church, we were created for this. We were made for this. So I encourage you, and this is, I always come from the standpoint is of, of this is what Scripture is speaking to me, and so I'm, I'm really, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's just such a great passage to just call us out. Um, and I, I really do believe that our church does an excellent job with, with ministering in, in practical ways. And, and so many of you act out your faith in, in very tangible ways and in practical ways and genuine ways. And I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of a church that does serve and, and makes um, serving a priority. It's, it's, it's an honor to, to serve on staff and alongside these people who have come before, come before my time and, and created these programs and these 
these opportunities to serve and, and then our faithful church body that comes and, and follows up and lives up to what they say. But nevertheless, this passage is just, it's an encouragement to keep doing that. To keep on living out our faith in active ways. We are created for, for good works in Christ that, that God's prepared for us. So let's do that together. Let's, let's take that and read this and, and be encouraged and, and be re, revamped to, to go out and, and live an active faith. Let's choose to live out our faith for the purpose and for the glory of God. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you so much for, for the sacrifice of your son that, that while we were yet sinners, he, he came and he died for us and and what that means for us, that, that, that grace that made a way for us to know you, for us to become your children, has been extended to us, God. That, that you loved us so much that even when we are far from you, you made a way for us to, to know you. And we thank you that that grace is saving, that, that grace is, is the only thing needed to save us. That as we put our faith in you, you begin to transform our hearts, God, that you begin to transform our minds. And that in that, you, you've created us for good works in you, God, to reach the world, to go make disciples of all nations, God, that, that you've given us a purpose here, that we're not only privileged members of, of your family, God, but we're privileged workers in your kingdom. And so, God, I just ask that you begin to, to speak to us, to convict us, to have an active faith, to pursue you above all else and to, to back up the things that we profess with our mouth, with, with our actions, so that our faith isn't incomplete or ingenuine, but that it's, it is, is perfected as we pursue you, God. May you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and worship together.